All right, what's going on, guys? Caden Cleveland here with the Oklahoma Senate, and you're joining us for another episode of OK Senate on Deck. Of course, just like every week, we are going to be joined with our president pro tem of the Oklahoma Senate, Senator Greg Treat. Senator Treat this week is going to be talking to us a lot about the budget announcement that was just released a few days ago. And specifically, we're going to be talking about some of the key investments and key focuses that are within the budget. We're going to be talking a lot about education investments, criminal justice reform investments, and even some government efficiency investments. So you're not going to miss this. Some really important key stuff going to be in this episode, and we'll be right back. everybody, welcome back. As I mentioned before, we are of course with President Pro Tem Greg Treat, and we're going to be talking a lot about budget today. Uh, there was a budget agreement just a few days ago um, that was announced. Pro Tem Treat uh, was, uh, you and Roger Thompson were a huge in, in that process and, and make sure that process got done. We talked about it a lot on the last podcast. Um, but just to dive right in, Pro Tem, um, one of the key areas of focus in this year's budget was huge investments in education. So just kind of starting there, can you kind of give us uh, the, the inside inf- information on what exactly is, is uh, the, the investments with the in- education? Yeah, I appreciate you saying that Roger Thompson and I were huge in it, but really it was a, a caucus and Senate, really. Uh, every member of the Senate is part of a subcommittee, yeah. and they've done yeoman's work uh, really since about last August. But since we've been in session since February, just digging into the budget details, sharpening the principles, looking at these agency requests and saying, no, 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 you can do it for less. Right. That put us in a position to make huge investments in education, common ed, higher ed, career tech. It also allowed us to save back money, uh, $200 million. It was just, this is the best budget I've been a part of of, uh, since I've been here. I've been here since 2011. We've had some... Rough years, but the hard work we've done over the last two sessions, plus the hard work of the subcommittee chairs and members, along with Roger Thompson and and his team, just have done a fabulous job. Obviously, we can't do it alone, so working with the governor's office and the House counterparts, all together, uh, this is a a budget that Oklahomans can be proud of. It represents our values. It, It puts an absolute exclamation point that education is our focus. And the Senate focused the whole time. Uh, We've been unabashed about trying to get more dollars into the classroom. Mm -hmm. We're able to achieve another $74 million on top of teacher pay to get into the classroom. Uh, And and I'm very proud of the work that the Senate has done, but the House and the governor should be proud of the work they've done as well. Awesome. So... uh Kind of going through the budget and where the focuses are. You mentioned the seventy-four million that's going to be going to classroom funding. Last week we talked about what exactly that looks like in our last podcast about how schools now have the ability to use that those funds for um, for to hire more teachers if they want to, or you know give teachers and hiring more teachers means lower classroom absolutely. sizes. Absolutely, right? That, those should be uh, equitable in people's mind or equate to, I should say. Absolutely. When you hear more classroom funding, what that really means is is more teachers, that's right? Lower classroom. That's sizes. right. Absolutely. Uh, so we talked about the classroom funding, and then also on top of that was a teacher raise. Which uh, what was the price tag on that? Yeah, it was it was for a full year at seventy million dollars. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, in this budget, we represented starting in September, so a little right around sixty million dollars. Gotcha. So what can teachers expect uh, this year, or I guess looking looking forward to next year and their 
paycheck to increase. Yeah. So there are a lot of school districts across Oklahoma, mm -hmm. 520 or so. About 39, 40 of those are off the formula. Okay. It's kind of in the weeds and wonky, but off the formula means they don't get the state aid formula that seeks to uh, make funding across the state equitable. Okay. So those schools that are not on the formula, what I'm about to say doesn't apply to you. Those who are on the formula, 97% of the students in Oklahoma, right. their teachers will be seeing a $1,222 increase in pay annualized. And so on top of the average of $6,100 uh, the year before. So right. huge, huge deal, keeping the momentum. Uh, you know, last year when I stood before the podium as the majority floor leader and said we had a budget deal, I kept saying this is not a one and done. We realize we can't just put a significant amount of money in education this year, would have been saying that last year, and just rest on our laurels. Because right. if you rest on your laurels, you fall back behind. That's right. What uh, myself, my colleagues, governor and the House members did is we said – we were serious last year. We're keeping our foot on the pedal. That's good. That's good. Um, so uh, I guess we talk a lot about common education there. You mentioned before uh, about career techs and higher ed. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit and what, what those investments are looking to look yeah, like? Yeah, higher ed over the past few budget years when it's been tougher has taken a, a higher cut than other areas of education. Uh, other areas of education have been largely protected. Mm -hmm. They haven't seen increases, but they haven't seen the cuts that other agencies have. Right. Higher ed's not has not been um, exempt from some of the cuts. You know, they have tuition and other things that offset some of the state share of costs. So they, we were able to invest a significant amount of money into faculty races this year for great. the first time in a long time. That's great. We've got to keep and attract uh, quality uh, faculty at our higher ed institutions. Career tech, which trains the workforce, right. which drives the economy, uh, and are the, it's the most flexible uh, in all the education arena because they can turn on a dime. If an industry wants to look at Oklahoma, they can retool and train those people. They do a fabulous job. They get a lot of ad valorem local, right. but the state supports uh, that as well, and we put a, a, another uh, significant amount of money in, into career tech this gotcha. year. Gotcha. And that's been uh, something I believe there was a, a quote that we saw this past week from the uh, director of the career tech um, where, I mean, the Oklahoma career tech system is 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 uh, the envy of surrounding states. Honestly, it's a, it's a program that is very much well set up and trains um, students very well for those for those career positions. Yeah, so. they've got they've got part of common ed. They've got kids who are in the K through twelve system, mm -hmm. but they also have adults who are getting retooled to That's be right. able to do another job. They they perform a very important function. They're not just the envy of our surrounding states. They're the envy of the country. They're the envy actually internationally. Wow. Okay. Uh, it, it is, and I'm very proud in my district to have Francis Tuttle, which is really uh, the brains behind the whole career tech system across the state. Love that. Uh, it is. It is huge. Recent years, they've been so f flexible and, and responsive to the market. They've started doing biomedical, uh, nursing. Uh, it's not the it's not the votech when I was in school of of people going and learning really important mechanical skills. Right, they still have that. Right, but it's much more than that. Our today's career tech system it, it truly is the envy not just of the surrounding states but but 
of the world. Man, that's something cool that Oklahoma would definitely be proud of. Yeah. So, uh, changing gears just real quickly, I want to get your thoughts on um, the topic of government efficiencies. Now, that, this has been a topic that's been... Um, that's normally an oxymoron, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? But yeah. improving government efficiencies has been a, a huge deal that you've been really been pushing this year and even before this year um, quite often. Um, but one of the big topics was uh, LOFT, the Legislative Office of Fiscal Transparency, and then also... That's part of the budget deal so we're getting that done it's huge uh in order to hold agencies accountable and give the legislature the tools at its disposal to make informed decisions i'm extremely excited that speaker mccall and governor stitt signed off on that idea to be clear speaker mccall had another bill that was very similar that we have married together Mm -hmm. uh into the version that will pass onto the governor's desk so he's, he's done a lot of work on it too but i'm extremely excited that that's embedded into the uh to the budget. Great. So expanding on that just a little bit, the importance of uh, LOFT, the Legislative Office of Fiscal Transparency. Can you kind of go into those details? We've done that, talked about that in, in some podcasts a while back ago, but just to kind of retouch on that. Yeah, and if you didn't listen know. and commit that to memory, shame on you. Absolutely, right? I'm That's talking to you. Oh, to me. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm yeah. talking to the listeners. Oh, all those the, listeners. The, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> LOFT, Legislative Office of Fiscal Transparency. Many states indeed most states across the United States, they have a much more robust budgeting process within the legislature. Right. Now, make no mistake, we have third floor staff uh, led by a gentleman named Anthony Sammons. They do a fabulous, fabulous yes, job. Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, you were down there for a while. I was down there. For, that's uh, why I, I know I, they did I an awesome you. job. I poached you. <laughs> uh, they do a little less awesome a job. now. That, no, no, they do a tremendous job. Uh, the person who replaced you is doing good work as well. Mm-hmm. But... And the House has uh, a similar type setup. Both do really good work. But what they're not able to do is performance evaluations, go in and look, and not because they're not capable, mm-hmm. because they just don't have enough people, they don't have enough tools at their disposal. Right. So what this does is it's a shared service between the House and the Senate, tantamount to like a congressional budget mm-hmm. office, where they can look at programs and they can say, okay, this is what the legislature passed. This was our intention. Are they hitting the mark? Right. Uh, and it, it's going to be a huge tool. They can work in partnership with the state auditor. The mm-hmm. bill allows the state auditor to perform some of the performance evaluations if, if need be. Great. Okay. So it's not a duplication of effort. What it is is just a turbocharged budgeting process, and I am pumped to see what kind of results we're going to get out of it. Absolutely. And I think the general public would be pumped too, just to know that the uh, budgeting process is going to be way more efficient. Uh, Agency performance is going to be more closely examined. and um, Transparency. Transparency. It's in the title and it's not just in the title. That is the purpose of it, to get the public more information and legislators more information. So we can be held accountable and we can hold accountable. So you mentioned something there also with government efficiency uh, is that there was a lot of money um, allocated to the state auditor to hire 10 new auditors. Can you kind of speak to that and how those will kind of work together? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that people have been talking about is we need more performance items. We need greater accountability from the executive branch, the constitutional officer of the auditor. And they've been hamstrung by not having enough auditors. So mm-hmm. when we find ourselves in a better financial picture, you don't just say, hey, we don't need to look close at the numbers. We're fine financially. It's not just when you're down right. financially that you look. When you're up financially, it's ex- extremely important, I would argue, even more important to dig in to make sure you don't get lax on an atrophy. And so 10 new auditors will be a huge benefit to the state auditor and inspector's office. 
and hopefully be able to help um, find more efficiencies uh, and find how to direct taxpayer dollars to more uh, uh, greater outcomes yes. that we're looking for. Absolutely, a lot more efficiencies can be discovered then. I mean, just really exciting stuff going on with uh, just making sure improving government efficiency around here. Yeah. Uh, shifting gears one more time on you, uh, criminal justice reform, uh, it's, it's a huge deal. We talked about that quite a bit last week uh, on the on the podcast with Senator Thompson. Um, Which I'm sure everyone listened to. Of course, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Now, the, uh, another thing is the public safety was a huge investment in this year's budget, correctional officer raises. Can you kind of speak to that and the importance that that is going to yeah. play? So the greatest need in, in state government is to make sure we keep our foot on the pedal on education. As far as employees go in shortages, teachers are one of those. Correctional officers are the other. Right. Not that other people at DOC aren't important, but that the hardest uh, arena to get people, to recruit people in right. the Department of Corrections, are the people who have to interface with the, the inmates, the prisoners, on a day-to-day -day basis behind the razor wire. Not just correctional officers, but psychologists and others who, who serve in that capacity. That's an important distinction because we've had a lot of questions on is it just correctional officers getting the raise or is it also other uh, workers behind the behind the wire as you say um, that are that are working. It's all inmates. those behind the wire that's right. what we accounted for and so you know when you have the oil field going hot it, it, there's competition yep. uh, for those uh, correctional officers and others. Uh, frankly uh, fast food restaurants are competing for some of them. I mean their their wages were too low. Wow. Uh, to put their lives on the line and keep the public safe. And so we made an investment average of $4,000 increase uh, for correctional officers and those others that are behind the wire. And it's an important investment, extremely important investment. We also made an investment in mental health and substance abuse service uh, to the tune of $10 million on, on mental health uh, services as it relates to criminal justice. Mm -hmm. And that's that's huge. So hopefully... If we spend money up front before anyone gets behind the wire, uh, we can save a ton of money taxpayer-wise, but even more importantly, right. that a human being's life is not wasted away uh, in addiction and mental health issues, that they are able to live a life as, as they were created to live. That's right. And so investing in those upfront services are, I wouldn't even say equally important, more important. Hmm. And we are doing that. But... We can't bear our head in the sands. We have a lot of people incarcerated. We're That's working right. at winnowing that down. We need to make sure they're protected from each other, but also that the people who have done no crime and are there working on behalf of the state to keep mm -hmm. us safe are adequately compensated. Love that. Okay. Uh, again, on the public safety side of things, uh, a huge investment into the district attorneys to uh, is, uh, label it as district attorney funding reform. Uh, can you kind of explain the, the, the importance of that that's going to play? Yeah. And so that may be a little misleading, to be honest with okay. you. So the, the DA uh, 991 fund, so a supervision fund of district attorneys, currently that goes to the district attorney's council and it stays there and it's distributed out. There's an incentive to have longer supervision and all that, per mm -hmm. perhaps. And so what we've done is we've decided, you know what, courts and district attorneys, it's probably not the wisest public policy to have them institute fines and fees that fund their offices. Let's put that to general revenue and then put the money back to them in the form of appropriations gotcha. to make sure okay. there's no... Um, incentive right. uh, to push the fines and fees. We've done that for a long time with DPS. So when a highway patrol officer pulls you over, uh, 
uh, DPS doesn't get to keep a part of that revenue. So if, if you get a $520 ticket uh, on the side of the road by a, a DPS officer, DPS is not $520 richer. Mm -hmm. It goes to the general revenue, and completely independent of that, we make decisions of how much does DPS need to run their operations. Gotcha. Okay. So that there's not a, a perverse incentive to pull over as many people or to ticket as much. That's the same logic that we're applying here on district attorneys and judges. They're all across the state. There's 26 different um, district attorneys. They're good people yes. elected by their constituents. But human nature kicks in sometimes. Uh, and we just want to we want to take that argument off the table. Let's let's fund them how they deserve to be funded. And this is the start of that reform. It's gotcha. by no means the conclusion. of Gotcha. It. OK. Uh, well, Pro Tim, um, just got to touch on a few of the highlights there within the budget. Um, just to recap, I mean, education is a huge investment for, for this year. I mean, first time in state history that the that the common education is going to be funded over three billion dollars in appropriations only yeah yes, appropriations absolutely. only yeah go ahead keep going and then beyond that i mean criminal justice is a, is a huge deal i mean even we didn't talk about it today but there was a bunch of big agriculture investments mm -hmm. in rural oklahoma so i mean just overall i mean are you excited about this budget uh, how do you feel about it overall no, I, I said at the press conference, it's, I, I didn't have to feign excitement. I was truly <laughs> excited, and, and I, I remain excited. Good. You know, sometimes you have buyer's remorse. You go buy a car, and then you get home, and you realize, oh, the leather's torn here, or there's an oil leak. This one, uh, we made the deal a few days ago, and I'm still equally excited. In fact, awesome. I get more excited because it's becoming a reality. Man, that's awesome. And uh, I've seen the Senate uh, caucus, the Senate body, Republicans and Democrats, mm -hmm. work together in unprecedented ways this year to achieve big things. This budget's just one of those. Man. And so uh, this has been by far the most successful session since I've been here. And um, I'm just excited to be a part of the Oklahoma State Senate. But more importantly, I'm excited to be in Oklahoma. Yes, absolutely. And I can just say, you can say from being within the Capitol, you, you sense uh, a, a sense of excitement around here and uh, just things are it's it's a good time to be an Oklahoman. That's wouldn't wouldn't you agree with that statement? No, I'd say it's a great time to be an Oklahoman. That's a way better way of putting it. It's yes. a great time to be an Oklahoman because there's a lot of great things happening in our state. Yes, so. absolutely. Well, protein, we're about out of time here. Uh, but do you have anything else to add before we sign off? No, I appreciate any feedback people have, questions yep. they have, and I'm sure you'll tell them how to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, guys, you can email us directly here on the podcast. It's on, as You can email us at ondeck at oksenate.gov. Uh, we get questions like, a, like what we talked about today about the budget and different things like that. So if you do have a question uh, for Pro Tim Treat, feel free to, uh, to email us, and we'll be sure to talk about it on the next podcast. Yeah, email that email. Sometimes I look back uh, you know, three or four weeks later to the Facebook account where we repost it and people have asked questions there. Mm -hmm. We'll try to do a good job responding there, but send emails there. I would love to be able to address any uh, any questions people have. Love it, absolutely. And you can get a lot more in-depth and detailed with your questions through, through that uh, yeah. uh, form of communication. So, uh, well, Pro Tim, um, I guess if you don't have anything else, we'll sign off. Uh, one other thing, we are now, we mentioned this for the last few weeks, we are now on iTunes. Our podcast is on iTunes. So um, all you have to do to subscribe is go on to iTunes and uh and search Oklahoma Senate Republicans, and then our on-deck podcast is the first one. So, um, what? Other than that, Pro Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Signy die is in our sights. We're excited. Coming up quick. Absolutely. Yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about signy die, what the heck that even means. And it pretty much means the last day of school is coming up here real quick. 
Well, you didn't have to give away. You're supposed to be like Dukes of it's, Hazard, where we're up over the river and people come back <laughs> to tune in next week to see what Sunny Day means. You okay, just gave we'll it leave, away. Leave them on the cliffhanger here. Next week, we're going to be talking about Sunny Die, and we'll tell you exactly what that means. Ooh, tune back in. Love it. Absolutely. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you again next week. Bye.